Tommy Ashley and Sherelle McMillan here post Carolina's loss to Virginia, 61-49 up in Charlottesville. Sherelle, not really surprised that Carolina went up there and lost the ball game. Um, but there were some surprising aspects of it. But let's start in general. Your thoughts on what you saw today? Yeah, like you said, it's it's not really a surprise. And it's not really a surprise that it was ugly. That's that's what Virginia wants you to do. They want you to uh, take bad shots, take quick shots, so they can go down and take the best shot and you know go back down the court again and do it again until you get frustrated and you start taking more bad shots and it just all goes downhill. I think North Carolina, defensively, I thought they played really well, actually. Um, haven't quite finished looking at the stats, but I mean, they held Virginia, they were 45% from the field, 36 from three, and then they only shot nine free throws. So I thought North Carolina did a good job of not fouling, of playing good defense for, you know, the full shot clock. The issue was uh, they gave up so many offensive rebounds. I think there was a stretch there in the second half when the Tar Heels played over what ended up being two possessions. They played about uh, three minutes of defense. And, you know, it's hard enough to win up there when you play good defense, get the rebound, and try to score on the other end. But when you play good defense for three minutes and still give up points, you know, that's, that's tough to handle. And that ultimately, I think that and the turnovers were the reason they went up there and lost. Yeah, let's start with the turnovers. I mean, it's a... A relatively tight ball game in the first half, but the open field turnovers or the live ball turnovers in basketball terminology, I mean, you just can't do it. And they did it three times against Virginia, and it sort of set the Cavaliers on their way. I mean, that I just saw a lot of lack of communication out there. And it was, it was not a, a situation where Virginia was doing anything special, I didn't think. Your thoughts on those, at least in the first half, because I thought they settled down a little bit in the second half. Um, but that first half stretch there was rough. And the first half, a lot of it was unforced. Uh, you know, obviously, when I say unforced, I mean it wasn't directly as the result of Virginia, you know, taking the ball away from North Carolina. Granted, because it was Virginia, there was additional defensive pressure that probably wasn't there that the players were feeling. But it wasn't like Virginia was forcing them into a whole bunch of steals. They were just kind of either throwing the ball away or not able to handle it or thinking ahead to the next play. Uh, so that was a huge issue for, for Carolina today. Uh, I, I don't know whether to attribute that to. Maybe it's that it's very hard to score against Virginia and North Carolina doesn't have a lot of guys who can create their own offense. And that is probably something that we'll want to monitor moving forward because I do think it's an issue. You know, if Theo Pinson's not playing a great game, then North Carolina's offense reverts to basically Joel Berry go out and do it. And it's it's interesting because it, it's starting to look a lot like those Marcus Page teams that made the, I guess it was his sophomore and junior year, or excuse me, yeah, sophomore and junior year, that the first year they lost in the round of 32, the next year in, in the Sweet 16, in that if Marcus Page is off just a little bit or isn't being superhuman, then they don't have a chance to win. And I thought this team um, was a little more talented than that team, um, but right now they are kind of regressing into Joel Berry has to do everything. He has to score all the points. He has to run the offense. He can't come out of the game. He has to play 36 minutes every game because Roy Williams doesn't trust his backup. All of that snowballs. And I think Barry feels that pressure and he can't do it by himself. Yeah. And we talked about that uh, last week, I believe it was. Maybe Barry was pressing, trying to do too much. And then he's come out and done everything he can for his team here. But let's look at another stat that I, I see is a little bit problematic is Barry led the team with eight rebounds now Luke May ended up with eight as well Sterling Manley with seven but to your point there Barry 17 points of course leads the team Kenny Williams the only other player in double figures with 11 but 
he needs some help. And, and the help needs to come, I think, uh, we can talk about the freshman bigs, but I think Theo Pinson's got to step up. And I know the plus minus and all that stuff says that, you know, it's much better when he was he's on the floor, but he was not good today. And Virginia made him look bad on a couple of occasions. Your thoughts on what you've seen from Pence in the last couple of games? Yeah, he, he didn't make a field goal uh, against Virginia, which, you know, I, I think he's the type of player who doesn't necessarily have to score from the field for North Carolina to play well. What they need from him is creating for others, and he wasn't able to do that. He had one assist, two turnovers, and four points all from the free throw line. So um, he's got to find a way to get more involved, find a way to get Luke May and Cameron Johnson open shots. I think that's his primary function in the offense. Obviously, they want him to play great defense. Uh, Rowlands wants him to hit the board some, but mostly I think his value to the team is getting others, including Joel Berry, open looks. And again, I, you know, all this is coded by the fact that it was at Virginia. So I don't want to alarm people <laughs> too much because Virginia is an excellent defensive team. We all know it. They've been a great defensive team. They held a North Carolina team last year that was much more balanced to 43 points at UVA. Carolina hasn't won there in, I think, five years. So all those caveats do apply. But I, I do think that is a trend that's emerging, is that North Carolina needs Theo Pinson uh, to do more facilitating, and they have to get Joel Berry. Someone else has to step up uh, and help Joel Berry with everything, with the ball handling. Jalik Felton has to step up as a backup point guard, so Joel Berry doesn't have to play. 37 minutes you know Cameron Johnson even though he's easing his way back has to step up as a scorer so Joel Berry doesn't have to do all the scoring Kenny Williams it's it's hard to say anything negative about Kenny Williams I mean he made three threes um as you said the only other one in double figures four rebounds three assists from your two guard you'll, you'll take that from him Luke May uh you know he's leveled off some from his hot start um but you know He's a starter now, so you got to expect better from him than two from ten, two for ten from the field, six points and eight rebounds. So, I, you know, all three of those guys, I think, have to play better, um, and they all need to help Joel Berry out. Our guy NBA Bo on Twitter pointed out Carolina made eight two point baskets, or eight for thirty one inside three point arc. And if you're not going to make fifteen or twenty threes, that's problematic. And it sort of leads to my next question. Somebody on Twitter asked us why has Carolina sort of abandoned going to the post. And I think that's pretty obvious when you see a game like this, but Brooks uh, has struggled. He struggled catching the ball and making clean moves. And and against Virginia, they're not going to allow you to do that because uh, they rotate so well. But your thoughts on the sort of the inside-out pr- preference that Roy Williams has, but Carolina's been unable to really execute, especially today. Well, it, it's – I mean, it, it shouldn't be surprising. I don't think it's that Carolina's abandoned. It's just that it, well, I guess it is abandoned because it's not working. And I, Roy Williams has said it since those guys enrolled in, in June. He needs somebody to step up and that he feels like if all three of them were one person, then yeah, he'd have a really good player. Um, Sterling Manley has played well. I think he's, he's played better over the last few games, but he still is limited offensively. There's some things he has to learn, some things he has to get better at. And I have no doubt that he will improve um, over the course of the season. But right now, North Carolina can't, they really can't get any easy baskets. I mean, it's, it's coming down to court and this isn't uh, just against Virginia It's basically coming down to court, uh, kind of fake probe for a little bit on the inside and most of the time end up taking a three. Um, and that's really antithetical to what, you know, North Carolina has done for so long. 
Um, but there's going to be a lot of these games. And I think Carolina fans have to really just brace themselves for that. There's going to be a lot of games where they shoot, you know, 11 of 29 from three or, you know, 10 for 33 from three, those kind of things, because, you know, this is no disrespect to any of the big guys, but their best players, Joe Barry, Kenny Williams, Theo Pinson, Luke May, to some degree, uh, Cam Johnson, they all are perimeter more so than anything, perimeter players. And they're going to take a lot of threes and they're all pretty good shooters. So that's going to kind of be the number for North Carolina is they're going to have to hit, uh, you know, probably 10 to 12 threes most games to give themselves a chance to win until these big guys can continue uh, to improve. And and the I think the scary thing for Carolina fans or people who follow the Tar Heels is that it may not happen this year where they can dump the ball into one of the big guys and expect to get two points. That may not be on the horizon for this season. So they're going to have to, for lack of a better term, live and die by the three, I think, this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I I think, to be honest, in a game like this, I know they shot 23, but I think their chance to win it was to shoot more. You got to make more, clearly. But one thing I noticed, and I tweeted about it, is they didn't seem to set picks you know, up top to get open, clean looks. The way Virginia was playing up so hard, and everybody talks about Virginia's pack line defense, but they were in North Carolina's face on the perimeter more than I remember a Virginia team. Your thoughts there? I mean, I felt like there were opportunities for Carolina to sort of run some sets to get some open threes. Virginia did it quite well, um, especially those corner threes that Carolina tends to give up, but Virginia certainly took advantage. Your thoughts there on the offensive approach? I mean, early, well, on offense the entire game, they just did not look prepared for what Virginia was going to do. And Virginia has been doing the same thing now ever since Bennett got there. Uh, there were a couple of times where North Carolina had guys cutting back door. Cause you know, the way to beat pressure is, is to run away from it. Back door cuts. I mean, that's North Carolina has been doing that forever. And uh, there were a couple of times where Luke may made a nice cut and either the pass wasn't able to get there or nobody saw him. Same thing happened with Cameron Johnson a few times. I, I do want to make a point that North Carolina wants paint points and you don't always have to get paint points from traditional post up, post post ups. And Joel Berry did a good job. There are a couple of times he was able to get in the lane very, very easy. Um, he missed one layup. He made a couple of other ones. Um, I think Pinson got to the lane a few times. North Carolina, it's been a, an issue this year, finishing around the basket. You know, if you take, they probably missed seven or eight bunnies uh, today. So if you just make a couple of those, then it, it changes the game. So I think they do have the opportunity to score in the paint. It's just not going to be with post-ups. And I think backdoor cuts are part of that. And, you know, I go back to it with the overplay and everything. Virginia's just a tough defensive team. So, like I said, I don't want to make too much of their struggles on offense today because generally North Carolina will struggle on offense against Virginia, but I think there are some warning signs kind of to watch out for that, that are manifesting themselves over the last few games. Last player specifically before we look ahead a little bit, uh, Cameron Johnson. I feel like Virginia ran him off the line and he couldn't really finish. And I think that if he developed, and I haven't seen him play enough, and I didn't watch Pitt enough last year, of course, because didn't really care about watching <laughs> Pitt. Had we known Cam Johnson was going to be on the team certainly paid much more attention to it but Johnson's either a three guy or um, a pull-up jump shot guy because he's struggling attacking the rim your thoughts there I mean do you think his injury is having some effect on him finishing in the lane I did like against Florida State when he tried to dunk one there in traffic but 
today's forays in there just did not look too good. Yeah, I think the injury at this point certainly has an impact, but it's probably negligible because, you know, the whole time people have been saying, oh, Cameron Johnson's going to replace what Justin Johnson did. Justin Jackson did. Cameron Johnson's going to replace what Justin Jackson did. And frankly, he's not going to. Um, I do think he is, he's probably a better shooter. I'll, I'll say that than Justin Johnson. Justin Jackson was. That's confusing to say Cameron Johnson, Justin Jackson back and forth. I think he's a, a better shooter, but pretty much everything else, I think North Carolina got from Justin, got more from Justin Jackson last year. So I don't want to compare the two. That was what people did all throughout the offseason. And I get it because he's taking his spot. They're both tall. They're both shooters. Um, so I get that. Cam Johnson still needs to integrate himself into North Carolina's offense. And he said it after the Florida State game with the whole controversy about uh, Joel Perry not passing the ball to him that, you know, when Cam was playing and, and healthy, Joel Berry was injured. And then when Joel Berry was healthy, Cam was injured. So they haven't had a chance really to develop a lot of chemistry. And that I, I do think that will develop is, is, you know, again, as the season progresses. But it was not pretty for, for Cam today. And I think it shows kind of what his limitations are. Um, again, for the fifth time, it was Virginia. So it's a very tough defensive team. You don't want to take too much from it. I do think Cam's value to this team is going to be knocking down open shots, which goes back to why Theo Pinson is so important because the type of lead guard Joel Berry is, he's not one, uh, he's never going to have, you know, 10, 15 assists in the game. That's just not who he is. Whereas Pinson has that mindset. So if Pinson plays well, it helps Johnson get open. If Johnson is open more, it helps Berry get open more. So that's why I think it all comes back to Theo Pinson and his ability to facilitate. Great point there. I mean, Penson's the key. I think Barry's the player, but Penson's the key. Okay, let's look ahead. Carolina gets to come home, and I would wager that this stretch at Florida State, at Virginia, is the toughest two-game stretch that anybody will have in the conference unless um, it's somebody playing, you know, Duke and Virginia back-to-back or Duke and Carolina back-to-back. But for Carolina, Boston College Tuesday night and then travel to Notre Dame, Definitely a two-game stretch they can get. Notre Dame looked good without Bonzi Colson against NC State, but it is NC State. Your thoughts on this next week coming up. And for the mindset of this team, close win against Wake Forest, one they probably should have stolen at Florida State, and then the tough one against Virginia. ACC never lets up Boston College on Tuesday night. Well, it, it goes back to why that Wake Forest game was so important because, you know, having that Wake win at home, kind of it doesn't help with the losses to Florida State and UVA on the road but the season looks a lot more bleak if you're 0 and 3 coming home playing BC and you know I know BC doesn't have a great record I think they've lost 6 or 7 games um but they have two guys that if they get hot they can beat you very easily so I think they'll they'll come home expecting to put forth a good effort and Roy Williams has talked about that a, a few times lately that the effort hasn't necessarily been there and that's surprising considering how this team played early in the season um they looked like uh, I can't I can't think of an expression they looked kind of wild which is in a good way in that they were diving on the floor running around lots of passion and I don't think you necessarily have seen that the last maybe two games 
and it could be because of how they played or because of where they played. But um, when they get to BC, that you know they have to protect home court. That's kind of the first thing in the ACC. You look down the schedule, you say, okay, they need to win their home games and then go from there. So Boston College, not to use a cliche, is the most important game of the season because it's the Nets game. So if they beat BC, get back to 500, then you go to Notre Dame, who's without Bonzi Colson. And if you can get a win on the road against Notre Dame, then maybe you can start to build some momentum when you have Clemson at home, Georgia Tech at home, go to Virginia Tech, NC State at home. So that is a manageable stretch. Again, don't want to look overlook anyone, but it is a manageable stretch where they could you know, stack some victories together and get their confidence back. Indeed, Boston College, of course, got local guys that love to play well against the in-state schools um, that they missed out on. Carolina and Boston College Tuesday night. Carolina falls to Virginia up there, 61-49, in a typical Virginia basketball game. And when it's a typical Virginia basketball game, the Cavaliers usually win. Today, no different. Sherelle, appreciate you taking time to join me. I apologize to our listeners for my scratchy throat. Um, It's that time of year. Hey, 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 you battled through it. You were questionable coming into the day, but you went out there, you were game time decision, you played and we got through it. So hats off to you for grinding through (laughs) one of these podcasts. I appreciate that. And very uh, fortunate to have the mute button so I could (laughs) hack up along as we do this. Thanks, Sherelle. (laughs) No problem, Tommy. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.